0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Good House 1968. This is Brother White speaking. What I do is read and interpret from the Tanakh. It's the Hebrew Bible and minister from it. If you like to support the ministries, please support the ministries by shopping at the church store, goodhouse1968.space. Again, that is goodhouse1968.space. Uh, you can find all your digital product needs and software needs there, digital marketing products. We have thousands, all of them. So just go there and you can find what you're looking for if you're shopping for digital products, software, or some type of internet product uh, that's relating to internet or software or digital or digital marketing. All right, so you can go to the search store and uh, the proceeds go to uh, purchasing Bibles for Bible students and benefiting the Bible students. All right, that again is goodhouse1968.space. All right, I'm gonna open with a word of prayer. Good, I pray to you that you cast our demons out, that we're able to enjoy this sermon, that I'm able to deliver the word of God effectively and persuasively as uh, good wants me to. I pray that you strengthen me up and break the wrestling of the spirits among us and allow the brothers and sisters to be able to pierce through God, to learn the truth, the utmost truth, and uh, to be able to pierce through the darkness and the light come forward and the truth come forward. Praise in the name of your son Yeshua. Shalom, amen, amen, shalom. All right. Give me one moment and I will be with you. All oh, right, here we are at. Uh, now, uh, two days before Passock, at a festival of Matzah, the Torah teacher was trying to find some way to arrest Yeshua. Surruptuously and have him put to death, for they said, not during the festival or the people will riot. So. They were afraid to attempt to put Jesus to death because of the holy festival, the holy festival bearing witness to the prophecy, because he had came and ministered the word of God and uh, uh, brought forth Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, the use of it, and taught others to use it and to learn the ways of God. While he was at Bethany in the home of Shemon, a man who had a Tazarat. And he was eating, and a woman came with an alabaster jar of perfume, uh, pure oil of nod, very costly. She broke the jar and poured the perfume over Yeshua's head. But some there angrily said to themselves, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for a year's wages and given to the poor. And they scolded him, but he said, Let her be. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing for me for you will always have the poor with you and whenever you want to you can ha- you can help them but you will not always have me what she could do she did do in advance she poured perfume on my body to prepare it for burial yes i tell you that whatever in the whole world this good news is proclaimed what she has done will be told in her memory So this sister here, instead of considering the costly value of the perfume, considered the spiritual value, which was to anoint the body of Christ in preparation for his burial or his death. And this woman cared enough, and this is why down to this day, it is a story told of her anointing the body of Christ for burial, preparation for burial. We see here we should have the same love for our brothers and sisters, our elders, who are going to hard times, and it is their time because they are so old and up in age that it is their time coming. We should treat them with the same respect that she treated Christ, to give them the helping need and the helping hand, financially as well as physically as we best possibly can, to aid and assist them before they pass on. Then Judah from Creat was one of the twelve, went to the head Kohanim in order to betray Yeshua to them. They were pleased to hear this and promised to give him money. And he began looking for a good opportunity to betray Yeshua. So here we see the devil come out of uh, Judas or, or Creon. And he's showing his way by offering up the Christ for payment. Now, this is a dirty person, someone whom you've uh, spent and shared love with. And he goes and turns his back on you and show his true nature's inner self. He's one sinful and uh, evil, wicked, no good, and a good stiff kind of person. And uh, on the first day for Mott, When they slaughtered the lamb for Pesach, Yeshua Talmadim asked him, Where do you want us to go and prepare your seder?" He sent two of his Talmudim with these instructions. Go into the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. And whichever house he enters, tell the owner that the rabbi said, Where is the guest room for me where I am to eat the Pesach meal with my Talmudim? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make the preparations there. The Talmudian went off, came to the city, and found things just as he had told them they would be, and they prepared the set up. So here we see the Lord making preparations by having these uh, individuals, who are unknown by the apostles, but yet known by God, Willfully participating and offering sacrifice by their physical means in preparation for the burial rites of Christ and the anointing ceremony of the bread and the wine to be passed or take place. When evening came, Yeshua arrived with the twelve as they were reclining and eating. Yeshua said, Yes, I tell you that one of you is going to betray me. They became upset and began asking one after the other you don't mean me do you if one of the twelve he said to them someone dipping matzah in the dish with me for the son of man will die just as the Tanakh says he will but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed it would have been better for him never to have been born So on this day of betrayal, in the heart of Judas Isaac, he could have had Alex not to be there, not to even exist, because he should have known. He should have known he would regret and uh, wish he had never been born upon the betrayal of Christ, because he went off in misery and hanged himself to show you the emotional state he was in after he realized what he had done. While they were eating, Yeshua took a piece of matzah, made brahka, broke it, gave it to them, and said, it "Is my body. Also he took a cup of wine, made the bracha and gave it to them, and they all drank. He said to them, This is my blood, which ratifies the new covenant. My blood shed on behalf of many people. Yes, I tell you, I will not drink this fruit of the vine again until I until The day I drink new wine in the kingdom of God. After singing hallelujah, they went out on the Mount of Olives. Yeshua said to them, You will all lose faith in me, for the Tanakh says, I will strike the shepherd dead and the sheep will scatter. So this did happen. This did occur. By the the apostles, they had a loss of faith because They denied Jesus as they were questioned by the parishioner as well as the different people there who said that they were with him, and yet they denied it. Peter uh, denied him three times before a rooster crowed, and Yeshua had told him that he would do so. He would lose faith, trust, and believe, just as well as the rest of the shepherd when they scouted and left to be persecuted, tormented, and killed by the parishioner. But after I've been raised, I will go ahead of you into the Galilee. Kepha said to him, Even if everyone else loses faith in you, I won't. You shall reply, Yes, I tell you this very night. Before the rooster crows twice, you would disown me three times. But Kepha kept insisting, If I must die with you, I will never disown you. And they all said the same thing, but yet something different took place that night. They went to the place called Gat Shamanam, and Yeshua said to his Talmud, sit here while I pray. He took with him Caleb, Yochum, and Yochanan. Great distress and anguish came over him, and he said to them, my heart is so filled with sadness that I could die. Remain here and stay awake. Going on a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. But yet the creator had a different plan in mind, and he didn't let the cup pass. That is, dear father, did not let the dear cup pass. All things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Still not what I want, but what you want. So he left it up to his father to make the decision, which I do all the time, and many of us. We leave it up to God to be our decider for what to do in a certain situation or predicament. Which is good, because that shows we have trust, faith, and belief in them. He came and found them sleeping, and he said to Kepha, Shimon, are you asleep? Couldn't you stay awake one hour, realizing their lack of faith, because they couldn't overpower the devil, putting them to sleep Very moment in time, of uh, what great thing was to take place? Stay awake and pray that you would not be put to the test, or the test of denying him, which is, which is what he meant or the test of having to go go down with him. The spirit indeed is eager, but the human nature is weak. So they had an eager spirit, eager and filled with zeal, but yet the human nature is weak. Again he went away and prayed, saying these same words. Again he came and found them sleeping. Their eyes were so very heavy, and they didn't know what to answer him. The third time he came and said to them, For now, go on sleeping, take your rest. There, that's enough. The time has come. Look, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. Here comes my betrayer, or Judas, Judas Isaac, with a mob to arrest him and to torment him and uh, kill him. While Yeshua was still speaking, to one of the twelve came, and with him, a crowd carrying swords and clubs from the head Kohanim, the Torah teachers, and elders. So they came arresting him like he was a criminal, a common criminal, a thief. Someone who had done so great a wrong against the laws of that time and day. The betrayal had arranged to give them a signal. The man I kiss is the one you want, which they automatically knew who Yeshua was. That was just to try and rouse him up or cause fear. Grab him and take him away under guard. As he arrived, he went right up to Yeshua, said Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they laid hold of Yeshua and arrested him. But one of the people standing nearby drew a sword and struck the servant of the Kohan Haggadah, cutting off his ear. Showing he's had a zeal, but yet his nature's weak, faith weak, cross weak, and belief weak, or misunderstanding of what Yeshua stood for. Nonviolence. Yeshua addressed him, so you came out to take me with swords and clubs the way you would the leader of a rebellion. Every day I was with you in the temple court teaching, and you didn't seize me then. But let the Tanakh be fulfilled, and they all deserted him and ran away. There was one young man who did try to follow him, but he was wearing only a nightshirt. And when they tried to seize him, he slipped out of the nightshirt and ran away naked. So we see here, they did try and seize the followers of Jesus. They were put to the test or put to the trial. They led Yeshua to the Kohan Haggadah, with whom all the head Kohanim elders and Torah teachers were assembled. Kepha followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the Kohan Haggadah where he sat down with the guards and warned himself by the fire. The Hekohanam and the whole Kishan region tried to find evidence against Yeshua, so that they might have him put to death, but they couldn't find any. For many people gave false evidence against him, but their testimony didn't agree. So they had confusing testimonies because they were lying and trying anything from their father the devil, speaking letting him speak for to Consume the trust, faith, and beliefs that those who did hold in Yeshua had. Some stood up and gave this false testimony. We heard him say, I will destroy the temple made with hands, and in three days I will build another one, not made with hands. Even so, their testimonies didn't agree. Kohan Haggadah stood up in front, of, in front and asked Yeshua, Have you nothing to say to the accusations these men are making? But he remained silent and made no reply. Again, the Kohan Haggadah questioned him. Are you the Messiah Ben-Ham-Voraka? I am, answered Yeshua. Moreover, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of Haggadah and coming on the clouds of heaven. So, imagine you're dying on your deathbed, you see that, or vision that. And then in the last days, you see it physically, or yet spiritually. This was what was meant by that. At this, the Kohan Haggadah tore his and said, why do we still need witnesses? So they're saying, we got our testimony, we have everything we need, we can kill them. You heard him blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all declared him guilty and subject to to do the death penalty. Just by him letting them know the truth. Speaking and letting Jehovah or God speak for him. Then some began spitting at him, and uh, after blinding him, they started pounding him with their fists and saying to him, Let's see, you prophesy, and as the guards took him, they beat him, too. So they wanted him to prophesy, who was the one that hit him? Something so insulting and disgraceful a way to do a man or a prophet. Kepha was still in the courtyard below. One of the seven girls of the Kohan Haggadah saw Kepha warming himself took a look at him and said, You were with the man from Nazareth Yeshua, but he denied it, saying, I haven't the faintest idea what you're talking about. He went outside into the entryway, and a rooster a rooster crow. The girl saw him there and started telling the bystander the fellow was one of them. So the rooster didn't crow until after he had denied three times. This is not written uh, that way, though. Again, he denied, later, the bystander themselves said to Gaffer, you must be one of them because you're from the Galilee. And as he began to invoke a curse on himself, as he swore, I do not know this man you're telling me now. And then the rooster crowed was was Okay, I see here, I see here. Yes, it did crow. So we're saying, every time he denied a rooster crow, then carefully remember what Yeshua had said to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you would disown me, throwing himself down, he burst into tears. Because yet the Christ knew he was weak, had a weak nature, and lacked trust, faith, and belief as far as uh, concerning that. As soon as it was morning, the head Kohanim held a council meeting with the elders, the Torah teachers, and the hosts and heathen. Then they put Yeshua in chains, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate put this question to him Are you the king of the Jews? He answered them, The words of yours, the head Kohanim too made accusations against him. And Pilate again inquired of him Aren't you going to answer? Look how many charges they are making against you. But Yeshua made no further response to Pilate's amazement. So Pilate was amazed that with the situation at hand, he held his calm and cool and didn't make any foolish responses. Now during a festival, Pilate used to set free one prisoner, whoever the crowd requested. This was in prison, there was in prison among the rebels who had committed murder during the insurrection of a man called Barabah. When the crowds came up and began asking Father to do for them what he usually did, he asked them, Do you want me to set free you, the king of the Jews? For it was evident to him that it was out of jealousy that the head Kohanim had handed him over. But the and him stirred up the crowd to have him release Barabbas for them instead. Pilate again said to them, Then what should I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back. So here we don't see his crowd around to testify on Jesus' behalf or to have him released. Because remember, the shepherd would be struck dead, the flock would spread or flee. And on this night, they did so. Put him to death on the stake, he asked. Why? What crime has he committed? But they only shouted louder. Put him to death on the stake. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the mob, set Barabbas free for them. But he had Yeshua whipped and then handed him over to be executed on the stake. Showing he had some pres- pres- pre- uh, uh Prejudice against Jesus because he had him whipped. Just because he put him was to put him to death didn't mean he had to have him whipped. So that was a disposition against the Christ or the Word of God. The soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is the headquarters building, and called together the whole battalion. They dressed him in purple and uh, wove thorn branches into a crown, which they put on him. Now, today, this purple represented the heart of the false religion, uh, the scarlet uh, whore dressed in purple. And this is what they were trying to display of Jesus to make a mockery of him and God, or good, or Jehovah. Then they began to salute him, hail to the king of the Jews. They hit him on the head with a stick and spat on him and kneeled in mock worship of him. So they were doing mock worship to humiliate him, and to make him seem rid- uh, ridiculed to everybody, so that everybody would ridicule. When they, and uh, and uh, not believe in him, because they did not see God save him from this yet then. But to resurrect him on the third day, they did find out. Those of the flock. When they had finished ridiculing him, they took off the purple robe, put all his clothes back on him, and led him away to be nailed to the execution stake. So here we see they, they take him off to be executed on the execution stake. A certain man from Serene, Shemon, the Father Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way from the country, and they forced him to carry the stake. They brought Yeshua to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, and they gave him wine spiced with mirth, but he didn't take it. Then they nailed him to the execution stake, and they divided his clothes among themselves, throwing dice to determine what each man should get. It was nine in the morning when they had, when they nailed him to the stake over his head the right, written notice of the charge against him read the king of the Jews, so they pinned the charge on him to death on the execution stake. On the execution's sake, with him, they placed two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. People passing by hurled insults at him, showing a lack of trust and faith that they no longer held if they had held it in the beginning. Shaking their heads and saying, "Uh Aha, so you can destroy the temple, can you, and rebuild it in three days? Save yourself and come down from the stake. Likewise, the head Kohanim and the Torah teachers made fun of him, saying to each other, He saved others, but he can't save himself, and so he's the Messiah. They're questioning his Messiahship, or is he actually from God, or did he have the spirit of God in him, or God in him himself, or the spirit from Beelzebub, or Satan the devil and his demons. The king of Israel, let him come down from the stake. If we see that, then we'll believe him. Even the men nailed up with him insulting. Now, that's a bad thing. You're going to hell, and the men were going to hell with you and insulting. <laughs> At noon, darkness covered the whole land until three o'clock in the afternoon. At three, he uttered a loud cry, <speaking in foreign language> Which means, my God, my God, why have you deserted on hearing this, some of the bystanders said, look, he's calling for Elihu. One ran and soaked the sponge in vinegar, put it on a stick and gave it to him to drink and in the stove. Disrespectful and actually trying to worsen his condition or make him feel even better that on his deathbed he couldn't even receive water to drink. Wait, he said, let's see if Elihu will come down and take him down. But Israel let out a cry and gave up his spirit to God, to good. And the pearl in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When a Roman officer stood facing him, saw the way he gave up his spirit, he said the man really was a son of God, believing himself and putting trust in it. Belief and faith. Knowing what had just taken place was the son of God's death or crucifixion, as prophesied. There were women looking on from a distance, among them were Maryam from Magdalene, Maryam the mother of the younger, Yochum of Yosai and Shalomit. These women had followed him and helped him when he was in Galilee. And many other women were there who had come up with him to Jerusalem. So we see here they're going on with their lives after the crucifixion of Christ or Yeshua, and uh, they're yet to see what will take place next while the flock has been spread. All right, that's it for today's ministries. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I'm going to say a prayer, and I'll be leaving you, but God be with you, and God bless you and protect you and watch over and guide you even after the show when I'm no longer with you, giving you... uh, the spiritual food, spiritual food of babes. Uh, To support the the ministries, please remember, for the Bible students to get Bibles, shop at the church store, goodhouse1968.space. That again is goodhouse1968.space. All your internet needs, software needs, digital marketing products, and digital product needs. That, again, is goodhouse1968.space. I have thousands of products there at the church store. All right. Good, I petition you to the brothers and sisters. So allow them to be supporters of the ministries and allow them to be preachers of the word of God, the preachers of, the, of the, the word that has built itself in the hearts of mankind and instilled itself in the faith and trust of mankind. Whether they hold belief, faith, or trust, it still has instilled itself in them. To cause correction, even in the wrong and sinful people. But yet, and those of righteousness to build us up towards perfection. I pray that you watch over and guide us, strengthen us up and protect us against Satan's spiritual warfare. And protect us and provide the sustenance that we need. I pray this in the name of Yeshua, Yeshua, Shalom, Amen, Amen, Shalom.